Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Now, Cowboys v. the Titans. Timmy, what do you think of this one? There's a lot to, to take from this game from both sides. Um, it's, I mean, first of all, the Cowboys just keep delivering. Uh, I, mean, I gave them very little hope at the start of the season uh, after being pretty sceptical of Todd Payton for good reasons in the past 18 months. You've got to look at some of the decisions he's making that have mm. been controversial that are all just paying off. Um, they've got decent depth there in their back rolls. They've got your Nanais and Lukies and these blokes chopping and changing big minute rolls and, and they've just been fantastic. On the flip side, you've then got Justin Holbrook who I, I have always rated as a coach. I still rate as a coach. He's making some more questionable um, selection decisions. I'm sure we'll speak plenty about David Fafida. Um, the Titans, who have had points coming out of their wahoo in recent years, there was nothing to suggest they couldn't do similar this year, but they're just they're not getting up for it, are they, at mm. all? Like, there's, there's so many issues there. I do think things can change um, very quickly, but uh, they've been very underwhelming. What do you think, Matty? I think the Cowboys have such a gritty forward pack, and it's like... That's why they're winning games this year. Like, obviously, they've got um, Townsend and Deer and Drinkwater and their backline all playing well. But their their four pack they can they can match up with any team. And I think that was certainly the difference mm. um, against the Titans. Also, speaking of their four pack, uh, Tim Gil- uh, Tom Gilbert just signed with the Dolphins. Oh, really? Oh, right. He's yeah. been fucking great too. Yes, he's a uh, young four for them. In but, yeah. saying that, like you look at you got Luki, you got Nanai there. Very hard for him to get a shout. There. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, you got Lailua. That's a, Fuck, that's a great signing now. When you add that Leilua to the team they got yeah. now, fucking hell. I said earlier, like, my ladder for the Yard Cowboys last, and I egg on my face. Like, they, I really, really like, really, really like their team, especially their full pack. It's just, yeah, it's mm. really impressive. Gurina. Yeah. Um, disappointing from the Titans. Uh, I mean, here we are, round seven, they're 12th, which isn't a disaster, but they've won the same amount of games as the Raiders that are 15th. You know. Who would have thought that they would be coming the worst out of the Queensland sides? Yeah. Which, Which is crazy is to crazy. think. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, and look, they've they've been in every single game up until this point. But 
I just I never really felt like they were in that game on the weekend. Mm. And you know what? Credit to the Cowboys; they're a damn good side. They're fifth at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure if this top eight changes. To be honest with you, yeah, really. Um, yeah, like teams like the Dragons and the Warriors, I don't think their seasons are red rover yet. Brisbane c- could still click, but I think we've got to give credit to the Cowboys and how well they are playing. I had them for the spoon at the start of the year, and if you would have said to me the Cowboys are fifth after seven weeks, mate, I it's. I actually, so I had Cowboys the start of last season as the biggest swing side. I thought I was really bullish on Peyton. I loved what he did to the Warriors. And I think that we're actually, it just got delayed a year. It just took me a, a year longer for the people to buy into his systems and what he was trying to do. Because it was very clear when he rocked up that he rocked the boat. He changed things. He changed, they changed the way they play. Malolo plays a very different game to what he played, you know, before. Uh, he still has his barnstorming runs, but, you know, Cowboys of yesteryear, it was basically like the whole game plan was around Tamalolo. Like, whatever Tam- however Tamalolo turns out is how we're going to play it. Whereas this year, it's more like Tamalolo is the cherry on top for us. Like, when we need some yardage, he's going to give it to us. Uh, I think that um, the, the Cowboys need massive wraps. Like, they're all getting the best out of players. I think Jordan McLean is easily having the best year since he got there. Easily. By far and away. Like, yep. I cannot, like, we're seeing, like, people forget this guy was the shit. Four or five, he, when he was at the Storm and he signs for the Cowboys, it was a big marquee signing. He was he was the Kangaroos front rower. Yeah. Kangaroos was, front yeah. rower. And then just really struggled last few years. And that's a testament to the Peyton as a coach, how good he is. Because you've taken a guy here who was the best down to was struggling to make even first grade side to now back to playing best footy of his the last few years. Um, testament to him. Uh, Chad Townsend, I think he's brought so much to the side when it comes to the intangibles, the stuff you can't measure. Uh, Dearden, love his work. 15 tackles, no misses, 109 metres a try. He has gone leaps and bounds. Again, testament to Todd Payton. We got a, a Dearden at the Broncos system that he was the, the crowned next coming then he gets shifted on. His confidence is absolutely shot. Todd Payton turns his terms him around. Look at him now. Uh, Ballantyne Holmes, he's, he came back as a big signing, struggled. He's turned things around. The common denominator here is Todd Payton. Mm. It's Todd Payton. He deserves the raps. And I'm with you, bro. There was a lot of decision last year. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Now, to be fair, I do think Payton has also stepped back a little bit from that as well. I think he's found a grey area where I think when he came in, he was very black and white, like I need it my way or, the, or this, the, you know, the highway or whatever. Whereas I think this year his approach is more, it seems anyway, we don't know what's going inside. It seems like he has allowed a bit of grey area, like even Tamalolo, let's say... Let's say 10 is where he used to play. One is where he was playing last year. I feel like he's about in the five, right in the middle of that. Like he's not, they're not fully relying on them, but to take that extra step, they do need him to break games apart for them. Um, mate, the Cowboys look fantastic and I think they play finals footy. No, it's hard to push back on at the moment. You mentioned Tamalo on that one to 10 scale. Like, if 10 is running 300 metres and breaking records, you weren't winning games of football when mm-hmm. he was at 10. Yep. I, I think you want him to be in that 6 7 yep. sort of. Well, it's sustainable. That That's sustainable. Yeah, exactly right. And then it, you know, it, it, it then forces other guys to sort of lift up. I felt like for a few years there, it was a pack that was sort of standing around watching Tamalola mm-hmm. just going, oh, you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're here, but you do it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, uh, you know, we've mentioned the last few weeks, uh, Hamisa, he was on the extended bench. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? What do it? you do? Jeez, it's Dude, interesting. No mate. one deserves to get dropped, but I don't think Hamiso doesn't deserve to come back into this team. And it, once again, credit to Todd Payton. Yeah. Look, I'm be honest, and this fucking hurts my wee little heart to say, I think he can't make changes after that win. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you're fifth. Look, Guru, I've had my heart broken a few times, mate. No doubt. Very, very sad times. Very sad times. Laid in my bed crying, thinking about what is life? What, what's the <laughs> purpose of everything? And I think this heartbreak of Hamiso not being in the side may be just as severe. I may need a few weeks off to recover, but me wee little heart can't take it. Hamiso may not be in the side next week. Would you start him to me? I don't know, but going back to bench makeups, one of the most interesting ones I've seen all season is Peyton going with four forwards and more often than not, like four middle forwards or blokes who can play between sort of an edge and mm. middle. I do think there's definitely room to bring him on as that X factor off the bench in a bit of a utility role. Mm. I know he doesn't probably cover a lot of positions. He can slot in. Well, he can cover the whole outside backs. But who do you take off though? Well, I mean, you've got Ruben Cotter there who can cover Robson at nine at hooker if needed. They've got a stack of blokes who can play edge, who can play middle and whatnot. So I'm looking at Jake Granville going there, who's also very versatile and a great load to have on the bench. But if they really want the hammer mm. in there, I do think like he's a cracking X factor to have there. And but what I mean though is, who do you take off in that back line at the 60th minute? Oh, or the 40th oh sorry, in that sense. Well, I mean that's how you, you have to work um, where you put him on, don't you? Because do, do you bring him on for yeah, 10, 15 at the end of the game as the X factor and just roaming through the middle a little bit like what Walker does uh, at Manly? But then you're looking at his body in defence and you're going, geez, you wouldn't want to get him too many one-on-ones. Well, the only person you you can... Really, Mm. the only people you can take off is the outside backs. Mm. And what's the point of taking... You lose a bench spot to put him on the wing for a few minutes. He can't take drink water off because he's the key to their attack. Mate, if I'm Jake Granville, (coughs) I'm going... Fuck, I'm a decent hooker, I'm experienced, and with all due respect, I was your best fullback and your best centre last year when you fucking <laughs> yeah, called yeah. upon me. It's I, hard, I see it? your point, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. And I'm not saying I'd do it, I'm saying I think, based on what like, we're, we're all saying there, I don't know where he comes back into the starting <coughs> side. If he's going to play, I think it's probably as a bench utility. Mm. Mate, I don't, I, honestly, Peyton, toughest call. What do you got, Matty? Would you, would you start bringing Hamisa back in or not? It's funny, I, I watched this game with my housemate, we pretty much spent the whole game discussing <coughs> this, and we didn't come up with anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. A few weeks ago, I'd say, like after Drinkwater's first good game, I'd say maybe it makes sense to put Drinkwater on the bench and bring him on, but you can't, you can't now. Like you can't. Drinkwater mm. was almost their best player on the weekend. I, like I literally, if I give you an answer, it w- would be with no confidence. I don't know, but I think Hamisa has, to, yeah, he has to be in 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 the side somewhere. Maybe on, on his return game, throw him on the bench and and see what happens. But honestly, I'm, you, I can't change that back line. Simple as that. And you look at like a, a position he may come in at is centre. Like if you really want, Tom Payton really wants to pick him, you're, right, you're not dropping Val Holmes. Then you look at Peter Hicku and you go, who's not the flamboyant, exciting centre, most attacking bloke in the NRL, although, you know, he's good. He busts tackles, he's pretty solid and whatnot. Cowboys, the second best defence in the NRL, which is worlds away from what we've seen in recent years. They've, they've conceded nine more points than Penrith, who are first, nine less than the Storm, which is... Crazy to think yeah. as well yeah. that they're four and three and they've had yep. this defence very well. Hiku's a massive part of that. He's always been a tremendous defender. Yeah. And and you know while Hammer might come in and, and set up a couple of tries with some big <coughs> plays, 
he doesn't have the defensive impact that Hiku does. And, and people want to see flamboyant, exciting outside backs, but a good defensive centre is just as valuable, if not more. Yeah, it's oh, tough. Yeah. It's tough. And, mate, if I'm playing the Cowboys this week and Todd Payton names Hammer over Drinkwater at fullback, as good a player Hammer is, I, I'm happy with that. Because mm. it's less things to worry about. You know the Hammer's quick. You know you have to have eyes on him. Drinky can kick. Drinky can pass. Like so good. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what the right answer is, and and I feel sorry for whoever gets dropped because Hamiso deserves his spot back. Yep. But yeah. Drinker also Drinkwater well, deserves a spot. Yeah, back. De- yeah, he deserves a spot back. But Drinkwater also deserves to keep his fullback spot. He's been one of their best players the last three weeks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you do. The good thing is, is this is not a problem the Cowboys had mm. last year or even the year before. Yeah, they didn't have this problem. It's a great problem to have a guy like Hamiso who's an origin player struggling to push his way back into the side yeah just on them like as great as they've been we're about to find out if they're a top eight side or a top six side coming up they've had arguably the softest draw to start the season as as far as the I think top eight sides from last year the only team they've played there they played they had the Roosters there in round four yeah they're about to come up against Parramatta Newcastle Tigers Storm Panthers so alright can they put it together against you know the big three there Penrith Melbourne Parramatta mm. um, and look they don't have to go out and win those games to get mm. me wrong but if they can compete in those games you'd be like alright they're the real yeah, deal they're the real deal I will say as well last year rounds 5 to five to 12 they won 6 games after round 12 they were sitting in 7th so it's going to be interesting to see if they've kind of learned their lessons from yeah, last year because sure. after round 12 they only won one game Jeez. yeah no it's interesting I think they're a different side this year I really do but Again, we don't know. We really don't know. Um, someone else that uh, is really interesting to see his development is a guy like Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai. Now, obviously burst onto the scene a few weeks ago. I thought he was really good. I think I brought him up to you about him last year. Yep. As in, I spoke about how he played last year and his debut was really good. But what's really interesting about a guy like Nanai is like we're watching him be moulded in front of our eyes. Like He's still so mm. rough around the edges. Like One week, it'll be his defence. So he comes out the next week zero missed tackles then the next week it's the penalties and he comes out you know what I mean it's all these like little things um, so for example this week he scores a try which is great he just seems to be one of those back rowers that finds a line which is what you want uh, he, he misses zero tackles but he does have a few penalties he's actually given away I think seven penalties or errors uh, in the past two weeks so something that you know he needs to kind of I guess Sort out. And once again, 18 tackles, zero miss this week. Like It's just, just great to see. There's always just something every week. He's young. It's coming yep. together. I was, actually, I was having a look. I'm pretty sure he scored all of his tries this year off kicks. Well, I think he scored six tries off kicks in the mm. first seven weeks, which, I, yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'd love to know a back rower that's got close to that yeah, in the past. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, kick out is probably the, one of the other back rowers that gets kicked to a lot because he's so big. Um, what do you think about a, like a guy like Nanai? I love Nanai, and, and you nailed it. It's so good watching him develop because he is so raw. Mm. He's so green. Mm. Um, and you touch on, like, I'm sure you've spoken about it uh, in the past, but missed tackles this season. None on the weekend. Brilliant. 5, 6, 7, 2, 11, 3, every other game this year. Missed tackles can be a very misleading stat. Yes. There's missed tackles where you fall off a tackle or whatever, and then there's missed tackles where you let a try through. Yeah. Um, so I don't particularly love them, but regardless, that's a, a big count, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got all the attributes to be one of the great back rolls without hyping too much, but it's hard not to on what we've seen. Mm. The, uh, if I'm being 
critical. I'd like to see him just up his impact a little bit more. So he just doesn't get that involved. Eight runs on the weekend, not too bad, not too bad. Six runs the week before, seven the week before that. I'd love to see him, as an 80-minute back row, I'd love to start seeing that being 12 and 13 and eventually 15, 16 runs mm. because he's young, he's fit. He's still finding his feet in the top grade. So yeah. it's being a little bit harsh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with a full season behind his belt uh, by the end of this year, mm. he's something special. Calls for Queensland and that, I think, are quite premature and early days. Yeah, way days. too early. Way too um, early. It's always going to happen. Yeah, yeah. When, when you see Part of the like, beast. But he, um, gee, he's a great prospect. Yeah, oh, incredible. Um, the, the, the tough thing for wide running forwards is, like, you have to keep your width. Like, you are the width guy. If you go in, it changes the whole momentum of a thing. I think Kurt Capewell is actually suffering from a similar situation mm. where I, I watch the Broncos and I'm like, fuck, I wish Capewell would just get the ball more. But he's, he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Do I go in and be selfish and look for work? But my coach is saying, we don't need you to do the work. Yeah. We need you to stay out on the edge there so that a fence don't fucking cram in. What do you think, Matty? My favourite moment on the game was the drink water try. But outside of that, my favourite moment was when Nanai, in the first half, he dropped the ball in good position and it was a shit error. He let his teammates down. And then on tackle one of the mm. next set, he oh. forced an error. Yep. and that's that's the things I that's the thing I love about and obviously so much to work on so yeah. much to work on but the upside in Jeremiah and I is ridiculous oh it's ridiculous and but I love that we're just we're truly witnessing this is what uh, is important about rookies like they take time they need to be molded their games aren't perfect uh, I'm really buoyed by the zero missed tackles mm -hmm. it means that he listens yeah. he's humble he's respectful he understands that he needs to sort that out but he's He's, he's just one of those electrifying players that you love to watch. Like, you love him as a part of the game. I mean, I know they just lost Tom Gilbert. Uh, recently just announced that Gilbert has signed with the Dolphins. But it's just tough. Like, where do you fit a guy like Gilbert? It, when, now, now he's starting at the moment and he's playing some really good footy. But when you've got guys like Luki coming in, you've got Leilua coming in, you've got uh, Nanai there as well. Like, you really can't. Even though Gilbert is playing career best footy, where do you put him? Mate, how good is Lukey? Like, yeah, he's he, a he had 50 minutes on the weekend. Try line break. Eight, 80 metres in eight runs. Good going. Six tackle breaks. Yep. You have them two pumping down either edge. They both run good lines. They're both strong as hell. Uh, plenty to work with. And then you've there. got Leilua coming next year, which <laughs> yeah. no one remembers. Yeah, it's going to be unreal when you can bring one of these two young guys off the bench. So as an like it, it's well, look, look at the be, impact Lukey had. Yeah, exactly. And just they're, they're just such different body shapes to the rest yep. of their middle forwards. It's now, Cowboys fans, I, want, I need you to put three pairs of undies on because <laughs> I'm about to say something that may <laughs> cause you to uh, get a bit excited. A side coming out of their own end, one hit up Taumalolo, the next hit up Leilua. That is fucking wild. Think about that as a defence. Like, Leilua is one of the hardest, if not the hardest bloke in the NRL right now to tackle. Imagine you're, you're getting jammed in defence and then Tam Lola just pop, drops up and then lay Lua. Like that that one-two combo. And what's, again, Peyton, Peyton deserves credit. When he signed lay Lua, I was like, ooh, I don't know, that's a big signing. They've got some good young guys coming through. But you put lay Lua on this side? Cowboys are looking good, man. The Cowboys are looking good and Peyton has got the boys revved up, ready to go. He wears four pairs of undies every time he coaches, allegedly, reportedly. That's just a word on the grapevine. Um, but he may need five pairs of undies next year. Yeah, and, mate, credit to the Cowboys, <laughs> where they've managed to get themselves to. We've spoken about it before. 
Thurston retires. That should have put them in a hole for 10 years. Yeah. Morgan is then forced to retire. Mm. Mate, we just spoke about Tamari Martin, how he's going to solve a problem for Brisbane. He should have been up there too. So yeah. they've had a lot of things go against them. They've had a rough few seasons. But mate, I, I just remember looking at them last year and just going, these blokes can't be buying into what Todd is doing. Yeah. They can't be enjoying themselves. It just doesn't look like it's working up there. And You know what I reckon the difference is though? It's Chad Townsend. Because yep. Townsend goes up there and he's, he is Peyton's man, you know, because Peyton has showed faith in Townsend, giving him this big contract. So Townsend is amongst the playing group. He's won premierships. He's a leader. So it's very easy to, for him. Like, it's one thing the coach telling you one thing. It's another thing for when you just have the players together. Because, like, a lot of people don't realise that players have a lot of autonomy. They talk between each themselves and it's not an us versus them, but there always is like, we are the fucking playing group. At the end of the day, we're the ones that go on the field and we're the ones that are responsible for the wins or losses. He can only do so much. And so I think Townsend has been basically his ear to the ground and, and also he delivers the messages that Peyton wants to, to deliver, but from a player's perspective. And that's why I think it's, it's uh, all coming together for him. What Just around off their spine, I think, Reese Robson's pretty sharp out of dummy half as well. And they signed him from the Dragons a couple of years ago. He's come through all the New South Wales pathways, but um, I think he's been great for him. Reece yeah, Reese Robson's been real good, really good, but I do think he needs a little bit of work on his delivery out of yeah. dummy half. Do you, would you guess? Yeah, no? I agree. And I think that as much as I love Ruben Cotter and he's the guy that you can bring on at nine, same as Granville, I don't think any of them have unreal service. Yeah. I think they're all, they're all solid nines, but... I think if you were to put like a Reid Marnie, who I think has some of the best service in, in the game, I think you'd see a noticeable difference yeah. there. The good thing for Robson though, that's that's can work on. Like that's not yep. a that's not a skill that is natural. That's pure repetition. Yep. Repetition, repetition. So the good thing is he's tough as anything. When he does run, he is strong runner of the ball. Um, yeah, man. They're looking good. What about Ruben Cotter starting in the front row? Fucking small. That's a small front roll, man. Yeah, small front roll, and he's tough run. as shit. Yeah. Uh, so look, exciting, exciting times for the um, the Cowboys, man. And it's funny. Rugby league's a funny game. Last year, Peyton's under pressure. Right now, if they keep going like this, obviously, if they struggle, Peyton looks like a genius. Yeah, looks like a genius. Now on to the Titans. What did you see, Timmy? The big thing for me. Uh, there's a lot, but. It's Dave Fafida, and all right, we, we could go on about the, the centre experiment for hours and say why it failed and why it wasn't a good move. We saw Scotty Drinkwater skin him off that scrum, which was like, I mean, Fafida's about 125 kilos sitting in the back line, one-on-one one with one of the quickest players in the NRL. Who saw that coming? Mm. Everyone. Mm. But um, for me, with Fafida, and people go on about misuse of him and that he needs early ball, and you mentioned before how what people don't probably appreciate too much is that you do have to hold your width as an edge back rower. Maybe you can come in and do some of the dirty work out mm. of your own end through the middle. But I don't think the issue, and let's talking about more for feeder as a back rower than, say, a centre, because mm. I think that would be a one-week experiment. Mm. It's not so much getting him early ball, because people say that. Get him early ball and he'll do damage. He just needs early ball. When he gets early ball, he also gets three blokes swarm him and he just gets massacred. I mean, mm. not massacred, he still hurts them. But I think you need to play to your shapes, which the Titans do so well. They've got great shape. They have blokes who run great lines and you get those one-on-ones with him or even two-on-ones mm. flat at the line where you just can't stop him. And, and they're not in a position to have three blokes cram on him because then they'll play out the back where the space opens up. So 
I'd like to see them run to that shape and just be hitting him short and trying to get those one-on-ones, two-on-ones where they won't go close to him. Mm. Um, so that, that was it for me. And please tell me Corey Thompson was unavailable still because he was on the extended bench two weeks in a row, mm. which suggests that, you know, he, maybe he should have put him pretty close to being fit to go. So if they've picked for feeder at centre rather than putting Corey Thompson back into that back line, who I think is an exceptional footballer, I'd, I'd just blows my mind. Yeah, you move Patrick Herbert, who's one of the best defensive, mm. one of the better defensive centres, and you put Fafita there. Uh, I won't give my thoughts, actually. The great Kangaroo. No, <laughs> I, I agree with everything that Tim said. I And I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but when I saw this team list come out, I just sort of went, why? Is it Talakai? Is that why, do you reckon? Oh, I, I, it'll sound silly, but I think it plays a role. Yeah. I really do. Um, which I don't, I think... A guy like Talakai, what he's doing, <coughs> we say it all the time, it's the exception, not the example. Yeah. It's not going to work mm. every single but time. But also, Talakai, what they've got, if, if that is the case, let's say it's, let's just say it is, we don't know. But Talakai, just because he's the same shape as Fafida, they don't even run the same. Yep. Fafida's, yeah. a lot of his lines is over, over, jumping over, fending, fending. Talakai punches lines and holes. And so, the, if you put Fafida, even in attack, what you're doing is you're actually taking away space that he used to have to go overs and get around certain players. You put him in the centre position, he's not a hole runner. So you're giving him 10 metres less to do his overs line that he does so well where he fends off a bunch of people. Um, I was shocked. And there's actually, I'm with you as well. I was really bullish on Holbrook and I still am bullish on Holbrook. But to be playing a Sarko over Campbell... And for feeder in the centres over Thompson and Herbert in the back line, that's two coaching decisions that I strongly disagree with. Yeah, and, you know, Jaden Campbell, he played for um, Tweed Heads on the weekend. And so he was good. He was good to play. Yeah. And I, I did say yeah. I thought he was good to play. Jeez. Hopefully that's just bringing him back in. But I agree. I think if Jaden Campbell is available, you bring him in. You bring yeah, him in straight on, away. Just on for feeder as well. Like the diff- Another difference between Talakai and him. For feeder's one of the best back rolls in the comp. Like, it's not like... Talakai had been like I don't know why they're changing what what they pay that guy so much money to do and then already a young side that haven't played together much like they need time together and as much as to us the Talakai to to centre is a little bit foreign he came into first grade as a centre he Mm. was a centre growing up like it's not I just yeah people people undervalue I can't believe how often and I, I wouldn't think a Justin Holbrook would be one of these people although the decision says otherwise how People underestimate how hard it is to be a defensive centre and how, and like, you probably do the least work on the field between attack and defence, but it's the hardest position defensively on the field, having to make those decisions. We spoke yeah. about poor old Harper outside DC earlier, and you see you half jam last minute, and all of a sudden you have to jam despite being an up and out defensive style. It is brutal. Yeah. You can't just put a 125 kilo bloke out there who's never played centre before and expect him to slot in and work out these with new combinations yeah. of how to do it. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah. And they said Talakai, at least he had centre experience when they moved mm. him out there. And it's also like, let's say. For feeder is 115 kilos or 100, 110 kilos. It's also just the way his body moves. Like he's not, he's never been this explosive lateral guy. Like he's just explosive. Like he run, he he, he jumps overs, 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 and then explodes yeah. through things. Um, and so yeah, the feeder to center was just, it was more, like I was shocked. Like I was honestly shocked. I couldn't believe that they'd got a guy out there. And what's crazy as well is he had 14 tackles, zero misses. So it shows you that 
it's not about the physicality. It's about you need specialists in there to make the right decisions. You've got other centres that missed four tackles but had a better defensive game. Why? Because it's all about the reads. It's not about the physical work. It's about the reads. So talking to- about the missed tackles being a misleading stat. Yeah, he didn't touch string quarter. Did yeah, he? exactly. So, right. so it's, it's yeah. sweet. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. You know, you look at that stat and you go, oh yeah. But it, again, it's all just about the reads. Like it's about making the right reads. It's about knowing, you know that drink water could gas you, so you need to get up a bit further and just commit to him rather than, you know, hang off him. And, you know, if, if you are going to move someone out to centre and you've got no other options, it's Bo Fermor every day of the week, yeah, first, isn't it? It's, it's, oh, it's just... Oh, I, it's tough because I feel like I'm like a, a Dave Fafita, um, always apologising yeah. for him. Um, but I feel like it was a pretty unfair... Like, the pressure that Fafita is already under... He's under the pump in the media, getting called like the worst player in the side. And like last week we come out and we say, look, if you actually look at his stats last two weeks, he's been putting in the work. Then he gets moved to centre. Now I know from Holbrook's perspective, it's like we don't give a shit what's happening in the media. Mm. We're just trying to do what's best for our team. But I just thought with the pressure that Fafita's under, with how much is going, keep him in his spot, to ask him to move to a different possession. Because you know what? Now the magnifying glass is even bigger on Fafita. Even bigger. He had a slow start to the season. He said, peppered in the media. Mm. Came out and played his two best games of the week, uh, of the season, should I say, comfortably. Mm. And then they moved him to centre. It's like, bloody hell, Paul. Even at centre, in a 30-4 loss, he had a try assist. He had a line break assist. He still ran for 100 metres. Like, it was far from ideal. But once again... What we consider, what we expect out of David Fafita, what we get, we don't have the same expectations for other guys, mm. and he just gets unfairly pizzled for it. He didn't pick himself at centre. I know. Should, I know. T- t- tell me when the coach came and said I'm going to play at centre. In his mind, he didn't go. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's tough. And, and look, to be fair, he's a first grader. You got to make your tackles wherever you are. Yep. So this was still a bad, a poor game from Fafita. That's not. We're not saying that at all. But I. I just think that the coach didn't help him. Like yeah. it did, didn't that decision didn't help him one bit, and and fingers crossed that that experiment was over. It, it just if Corey Thompson is named on the extended bench, if Jaden Campbell is playing on the weekend, at the worst you could put a Sarko there, put a Sarko on the wing, put her like yeah. that's what blows my mind. Is like a Sarko is a winger. I think he's a better winger than he's a fullback. So you've got Pat, you've got. Campbell, who we know definitely played on the weekend, who probably should be starting fullback anyway, he doesn't get named. Corey Thompson, he may or may not have been okay, but let's assume he's okay. There's two options that you have over Fafida. That's not even including Firmer if you want to put Firmer there. You could have played Will Smith at six or one and moved. Like, there's so there's many, so many different options. Done. So many different options. So, I mean, you've got Paul Turner there at uh, 18th man as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that. Maybe he, he has or hasn't, but that was a poor coaching It felt like a decision. hidden hope to me. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that coaching call was a huge reason why they got beaten the way they did. You know, that, that edge got towed, like, schooled, what, three times for three tries? Yeah. Or at least at the minimum two, at the yeah. minimum two. You know, you, you take two tries away, all of a sudden, the game is, what, 12 to four with however many minutes to go. Um, you know, so... Again, let's not excuse the players. Like, they, they didn't perform at all. Uh, they, they were their worst enemy, their own worst enemy. Did, was there anyone that stood out for you that played well? That was a pretty disappointing performance. I, I thought that, you know, the outside backs, still quite a few of them over 100 metres. I thought P- Paddy Herbert again, 150 metres. Um, Tino, he played 
huge minutes. I felt like he played like 60, 65 minutes, Tino, 61 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, I, pretty disappointing game all round for me. What's interesting is, like, Cowboys made 13 errors and the Titans made 14 errors. So it was, like, a lot of errors in the game, which is surprising because you would have thought the Cowboys were clinical. Yeah. I was going to say as well, with the errors, one, one thing I noticed, particularly in the first half, some of the errors were like they were bad, bad errors. Mm. Even like there was a forward pass just before halftime, which was there were just so many unforced errors. Even the little things like um, I know captain's challenges aren't the end of the day, aren't the end of the world. But Brian Kelly's captain challenge was just like oh, it's ridiculous. That was a bad captain's challenge. Bad captain's challenge. <laughs> oh man, it must be. It, it is tough though because like when you're in the heat of the battle, you don't know really what's happened. Like when you get in tackles, it's very hard to. Like, I'm, I'm tackled, my face is getting pulled that way. And, like, you know what I mean? And then someone yeah. hits the ball out. Was it me? Was it someone? You don't really know. But I think with captain's challenge, certain, like, players and clubs are going to have to be, like, really have a captain that is, is really smart to go, look, what time is it in the game? Is I saw what happened. Is that, like, a great – you know what I mean? Is it one of those calls that – does get turned around or not turned around? Is it something that it, it's uh, very hard to turn around? Um, so, look, yeah, the, the, the Titans were just... It's just a disappointing afternoon. Um, but I will say this is where you've just got to stay the course. I know I've said this every week with the Titans, but they are so young. But it's true. It, yeah. you just got to somehow stay the course. You've got to somehow keep Sexton's confidence up because, like, Sexton, he had... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One run for five metres, kicked for less than 300 metres, 11 tackles, six misses. That's a tough gig. Tough day out. Tough day out. And the, war, the concern I have with Sexton at the moment is, is like it seems like his performances are getting progressively you know, not as good. He started the year so well. And so Holbrook has got it cut out for him to keep this kid's confidence because he has to be the guy. Yep. You threw all your eggs into that yep. basket, so you've got to make it work. And some clubs, I feel like, they have a tendency to kind of have a us versus them mentality of like, oh, this half isn't playing good, so we'll drop him because he's the reason we're losing. When it's like, well, instead of that, it should be we chose him. Like, he's the guy that we chose to go with, so we need to make it work. It's on us. It's our responsibility as coaches. This is where coaching comes into play. This is where what we get paid to do is to make players better versions of themselves. Um, and I think Sexton is in a real crossroads, at, at the very least for this year. And I think if you're Holbrook, you're just confidence, 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 confidence. What do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, and this is where, you know, you, Sexton is the same guy he is now as he was six months ago when you let Fogarty yeah. go and you made this decision to back him in. You, you know he's raw, you know he's young, you know it's going to take time. You also know that you haven't put the pieces around him to make him develop straight away. Mm. It's going to take time. I mean, I, I, I look at this with Sexton and go, fuck, yes, he probably isn't moving forward at the moment. Fuck, he's going to learn a lot mm. from everything that, that's going against him at the moment. And, 
you didn't you didn't put all your eggs in this basket for Sexton to be a good player in round eight this year. You put all your eggs in this basket for him to be a good player in two and a half years. Yep, and yep. it's going to be a big test for the Titans, and we said this all preseason, that it's going to be a test because these sort of games are going to happen. They've happened already this year. They're sitting in 12th at the moment. If their for and against was different, it could be second last. They just have to back these guys yep. in. That's, but that's what's so surprising is why are you not playing Preston then? This spine yep. needs to play as many games as possible yep. together as soon as possible. Preston Campbell, Jayden. did any... What? Jayden. Oh, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Campbell. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's, he looks... The way he plays is so similar. Um, Jaden Campbell, did, did anyone feel he was playing that bad before he got injured? Put it this way. The first three rounds before he got injured... The Titans scored 20-plus points in each game, mm. which is good stuff. And you talk about tying into Sexton there, who, mm. um, you know, he helps him. He compliments him well. He's another attacking mm. weapon out the back of the back line, sliding out the back. And then you go Osako, who you very briefly said it before, you prefer him as a winger, or you, you see him probably more as a winger than a fullback. Absolutely. I don't see him as a fullback at all. I never have. He's had his moments there, but not much of a passing game. I think he's a really good winger, yeah. but I think he's a specialist winger. Yeah. At fullback, it doesn't work. Since he's got there not blaming him for them losing games the last few weeks, but there were results there when Campbell was there. Sexton was playing better footy. Campbell, I thought, was playing decent footy. They were scoring points. So I'm hoping Campbell can come back in this week and we can see a little bit more from them. Now, I'll say this credit to them because as soon as he was out, Campbell, I would have moved AJ Brimson back there straight away. Mm. At least, as much as I agree with you, I don't think Osako's a great fullback. At least they've kept Sexton and Brimson partnering each other. Yeah. through this period uh, which you know it's a small thing but at least it shows that they are they are looking at the long term yeah. results here I think I do think and, and again I am a Holbrook fan you got to remember where that club was when he took over yep. compared to where it is now there's so much hope and a lot of that um, is to do with Holbrook but I do think this is a specific case where you can look at decisions made and go that was an error by the coach that yep. the players have felt the effect of Often, we're too quick to point to the coach and go, oh, like, for, you know, you could argue the Tigers. Like, the Tigers are the ones not performing. It's not Madge's fault. But I do think in this specific case, putting Fafida in the centres there, um, it was an error by Holbrook. It was an error by Holbrook. And I, and I hope that he's learnt from that. And I guess uh, going forward, they've got such good outside backs. That's what's so surprising. They've got depth for days. Yep. You've got Corey Thompson that can, can't get into the side. You know what I mean? Like, Corey Thompson... He's my first winger pick for that side. Yeah, he can't get gun. in ahead of Fafida in the back yeah. line. Like, seriously. Do you think that Holbrook maybe did it this week? Because their next month is brutal. they got Penrith, Roosters, Dragons, and Sharks. Do you reckon he might have, like, tried something new because they had an inverted commas weaker opponent? No, I think that they need wins, man. Like, they, yeah, they can't afford to be trying. Fast, yeah. They need wins. Um, and that's why, like, the Preston Campbell thing is... Fuck, uh, dead. <laughs> Jesus, Jaden Campbell... Is so interesting because like he's a match winner, he's a match winner. Uh, I yeah, it's it's bizarre. Look, the good thing is is that Tino, big Tino for Asul Malawi, again rips and tears. I guess if I'm nitpicking, I am getting a little bit worried that this guy is a great attacking weapon, is becoming a fucking workhorse that works his dick off every week, and I I do get a bit worried of like yeah. people forget when he was at the Storm, they were going to him to get some. Break, line breaks and, and change momentum. Now he's a guy that is just working his ass off, and, and he's not getting any. He's not getting any, any put in any positions to showcase his great attacking ability. Um, 
so that's one thing I'm a little bit worried about with, with Tino. I would hate to see him just turn into another robotic workhorse when he offers so much uh, in attack. Um, yeah, look, tough. Fuck, tough it's going to be a big two weeks. Penrith into the Roosters. Oh, my I mean, God. If they lose both of those, like they'll, they'll be 15th in two weeks' time. Which is... That's when alarm bells And as I in. said, you know, they're not 15th at the moment because they're four and against. If Penrith come out and play their best footy next week and put a cricket score on them, all of a sudden they could be 15th next week. Far you know? out. Far out. Do you th- like, let's say they let's say they finish the year at 15th or they're getting towards the end of the year. Is Holbrook under pressure? I, I honestly don't think so. I, I personally thought this was how their season was going to go. Uh, I know that they've got... What, 15th? Mate, I, I said in the pressure, I think they'll be a bottom four team. Fifteenth yeah, or well, bottom wow. two. It's not that. It's not that far off. I didn't know. I didn't know that you said bottom four. There, I. I just think they lack so much of experience. And this competition is so hard without experience in your side, and you know this. When they start to lose games, it starts to build, and you watch over the next few weeks. The media is going to come for Sexton. Oh, massive! They're going to like they already have sort of started. We yeah. said this in the preseason. He's the number one guy we're worried about. People turning on. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting. Few. I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they, they can come out and win one of these or both of these two mm. games. But oh, fuck, it's looking like a tough gig at the moment. What do you reckon, Timmy? If they finish fifteenth or they hanging around there towards the end of the year, is he under pressure? Well, of course he is. You have mm. to be. Like you're a side who um, huge call from you, Guru. If you're right and they do finish down there, I think that'd be a ballsy old call that's paid off for you. I still think they're good enough that they can turn it around a little bit. But if they finish bottom four even bottom five sort of thing. I think there was a side that promised potential to finish top eight and they had the attacking calibre to do it. You mentioned experience there and, and it's lacking experience in the side, but it's lacking experience in the spine in particular, isn't it? Yeah. Which is why I'm hopeful for them that they can either, you know, as these combinations grow throughout the year, get a bit more stability, they'll improve. Um, massive pressure for, for 2023 on Holbrook if they finish bottom four this year. Yeah. Um, I think he's come comes with enough credentials and he's done enough in a short space of time to warrant 2023. Um, but, mate, if you're a coach of a footy side in the NRL and you finish bottom two, bottom four, anyone's going to be under pressure, yeah. aren't they? I, I also think, you know, talking about them coming into this year as a top eight potential side, yes, they made the eight last year. It was the easiest year to ever make the top eight. They had a 14 and 10 record. They lost four more games <laughs> yeah. than they fucking won. I just, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm over top with it, but I just, I think that last year, the way the competition was and how good the top six teams were compared to the rest of the comp did the Titans a lot of favours. They've lost experience since then. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know how, how they can lose so many key guys uh, off the back of losing four more games and they win and we have them as a top eight side, mm. but anyway. Brimson's the line, they need to keep fit, isn't it? If they can keep, they have, he's just been so in and out again. <laughs> Injury's no fault of his own, but um, he still looks so good. So if he can hang around there, as I said, the, the call to keep him in the halves when there was the opportunity to move him back fullback was like, good, that's looking towards the future. Maybe a little bit of short-term pain, but um, Brimson, he does get better and better. So I think he's a big one there if he stays fit. What do you reckon, Matty? Is, is Holbrook under pressure if they finish bottom four? I think he's definitely under pressure, but I think a few years ago <laughs> when they had Garth Brennan as coach, in my opinion, I think they turfed him a bit too early I think they didn't give him enough I know his record wasn't great but I don't think he got enough of a go there so I think they'll be hesitant to, to turf Holbrook that quickly but yeah certainly if they finish in the bottom four he'll be under pressure yeah. but I think maybe I mean it depends on what unfolds I'd be hesitant to sack him well, if, if he gets sacked what message does that send 
You know, like I just I don't they they've gone in with this plan to do this, back the young guys in, do this, didn't go well the first season, so we're throwing it out that we know we're gonna bring in a new coach. I just mm. it just seems it seems very Gold Coast Titans the last ten years to mm. me, which I was hoping they'd moved past. Yeah. Well, look, they haven't, and there's no there's been no uh, <laughs> we're just we're Oh just no no of, for sure, but like it, but <laughs> if it goes down that track, which I personally think it will, I, I, I don't think they can sack him. I think they've got to give him more time and stick with it. You would know from working yourself as rugby league, Garth came in with a fantastic resume. All the guys that have played under him in his career before he got to the Titans loved him. He, he worked with all the Penrith Panthers you've seen. Yeah, like, and I, I agree with you. I, I think they got rid of him far too early as well. Yeah, look, my, my personal opinion is um, no one asks, so who gives a fuck? But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, you got to stick with him. I, I think I've been watching a lot of uh, like sports docos, like a lot of soccer ones and um, NFL one now, all or nothing. Man, get on Amazon, boys. If you love fucking sports docos or just sports in general, there are so many gun sports documentaries on Amazon Prime. It's outrageous. Outrageous. Anyway, uh, I think that you've got to, like, the Titans have put themselves in a position where I, I think they have a bright future. And to get rid of the coach, if that is, like, I know we're talking about um, something that hasn't happened and hasn't even been hinted at happening, but they're currently sitting 15th. And I'm sure, and I, if I'm being honest, I have seen comment sections from the Gold Coast Titans and a lot of people do say Holbrook you know, needs to go or whatever. I totally disagree. I think you've got to give him time. I know he's had a few years, but look at the roster he's managed to put together. Like we have to remember that. This is a team that was already down the bottom of the table. They scraped into the finals last year, which is a win. Um, I think give them time. They've got a new seven, a new rookie uh, fullback, essentially. Uh, Brimo moved to six, young as anything. They're still, um, you know, I would say they probably need a, a hooker. Like Aaron Clark is solid, but I think he's more of an impact player. Um, yeah, I, they've got a really young captain. I think give Holbrook time uh, because in a few years, if they can keep this entire core together, I think they'll be a scary side. Also, that was shocking on the weekend. But before that, they've been in every game. Yeah, so. they've just been so up and down. It's like, yeah. fuck, just give me 80 minutes, please. Imagine being the coach. And like the, the games they're in, you sort of sit there and you go, fuck, how are they in this game? But they, ju- they do just find a way to hang in the contest, yep. which is credit to them. But credit it's just... Them. And, it's, and it shows you that it's a team that's on board with the coach. Yeah. Like they don't... You don't fight in games unless you're, you know, respect the coach and everything like that. Uh, so, look, really, really tough week for the Titans. Hopefully it's a reckoning and hopefully uh, people are... Hopefully we see a side that is selected for the right positions and they can just go forward with that. I think we have to... We have to guess, show enough respect to the fact that Fafita was put in centre and if, if he wasn't put in centre and it was a proper centre, you know, maybe the game's much closer. You know, that was a big, big decision yep. that backfired mm-hmm. on them. And so if he gets put back in the back row, they could be a different side next week. Um, but I don't think it's panic stations at all for the Titans. It was just a really, really poor outing. I don't think it... I think Sexton just needs a bit of confidence to get back to where he was and bring Campbell back into the side uh, and they could be... I do believe, I know you've got them bottom four, I, I think they'll be fighting for the eight. I still believe that. I think they'll be fighting for the eight. Um, if they make the eight, I'm not sure, but I think they'll be fighting for the eight for sure. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs> 